as a former full-time pastor, one of the things that we, we talked about in our church a lot was peacetime rhythms and wartime rhythms. Hmm. And I think most people, when they think about their spiritual practices and the, the things that they're developing, they're developing rhythms for when life is going like it, like the perfect version of it, like where everyone's healthy, no one's getting up in the, in the middle of the night, I sleep well, my alarm goes off, I actually get up, everything is working exactly as it should be in my schedule, and we develop these peacetime rhythms. And so what we've, we've had to develop is, like, look, when, when life feels like it is crumbling around us, do I have a five-minute or 10-minute practice that at, at the baseline, I know I can do that? Welcome to The Ziggler Show, a top-ranked all-time career podcast in Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we expound on Zig Ziggler's be, do, and have philosophy, meaning you have to be the right kind of person and do the right things before you can expect to have what really matters in life. And we want you to have what matters. Also, check out my podcast, What Drives You, where we talk with people who have reached impressive achievements to ask what drove them, good and bad. And we dig into the very motives that drive us all with the goal of clarifying just what is driving you. Then in my True Life podcast, we want to get you fully functioning physically so your body doesn't hold you back. You can find all three of my shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to The Ziggler Show, I invite you to visit ziggler.com. Connect with Tom Ziggler and the Ziggler family about upcoming events and how they can come alongside you and help you inspire your true performance. So I'm back with Doug Paul, my expert on innovation from episode 917, and we're talking about his habits. And what intrigued me most was what I felt was just exceptional wisdom, as I tend to do just what he alludes to, have this all or nothing approach to my great habits. I either do an awesome, you know, 60 minute workout or things get in the way and I do nothing. I have a glorious devotion time in the morning or life happens and nothing. And so Doug talks about this and says that his peacetime plan, which is what we all you know kind of expect, only happens about 20% of the time for him. So when that does happen, he relies on his wartime plan. Uh, so instead of, again, that 75 minutes of a perfect morning ritual per se, he may only do five to 10 minutes, but at least he makes a deposit, which is brilliant. And he shares other insights here, such as his ruthlessness regarding family Sabbath and his joy of watching sports and what he calls edutainment. So you can find Doug at DougPaul.org. Check out his book, Ready or Not, Kingdom Innovation for a Brave New World. But now stay tuned for Doug Paul. With Doug talking as we did in episode 915 about exercising the muscle of innovation, I'm curious to hear some of your habits here and how you have done that. How, again, you know, as I talked about, how they've changed somewhat as you've seen what's working. And like you talked about in the first show, questioning it is it, is it working? If it's not, why, why am I doing this? So let's start off there and we'll start off with physical nutrition. And you gave me a little hint in the first show that the uh, whole exercise part is not one of your favorite areas. Am I right? It's not. 
not because I don't want it to be. It's just I've always I've always struggled with it. And some of it is. I mean, it sounds funny, but I feel like when I turned 17 or 18, um, it's my 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 level of uh, energy as it as it just relates to physical stuff just fell off a cliff. Um, and so I think in many ways, my last 20 years has been a yo-yo of um, different weights and physical conditions and, and all sorts of things. And I, I feel like I've, for the most part, gotten a good handle on the nutritional side of it. Yeah. But the, it's, it's just been, I think the, the exercise part has been more difficult for me. So as you're asking that question that you talked about in the first show of the why behind it, what is the, what is your avatar of a, of a motivator of why do it? You don't enjoy it. It's never been a fun thing. So what is pushing you to even consider an investment in it? I don't, I, I want to, I don't like feeling sluggish. Yeah. Um, I, I think some of this is so much of my life is, uh, is cerebral. Like it, I do a lot of work in my head when I'm, when I'm working with teams and with, with leaders, it's, it's mental work. And some of it is, I don't, I, I can feel when my mind is not working as fast as it should be yeah. because of decisions that I have made physically. Um, but some of it is I do enjoy like being doing so like I I'm exceptionally competitive and, I remember a time in my life when I played competitive tennis um, and I played pickup basketball almost every single day. And I think some of it has been as you get, as you get older, as you have kids and things like that, like the, the, to- the availability of time is so much less Yeah. that my, I, I, I always did those things except for competitive tennis, just organically. It was just, I had time for it. I enjoyed it. Um, and that's just for whatever reason, it's not something that I've ever, um, I've, I've been able to grasp onto in a intentional way. It also intersected with, I didn't know I, I, I had a, uh, adult onset asthma and I, for, wow. and I didn't know that I had it for 15 years. Wow. And so some of it was when I would start to re-engage, it, it was just really difficult because I would get winded so fast. And, uh, I've, I've actually gotten back into, uh, into rowing. I've got like a rowing machine. Um, and so that's, that's a, something that I've been doing and I've, it, it's more of a, I'm trying to get, to get through it, but it's still not tapping into the, I love being competitive yeah. side of it. What's, what kind of rowing machine do you have? It's a water rower. Water rower. Okay. I, I asked hydro, uh, is a big new one on the scenes. They say, yeah, it, it's a rip off of the one that I have. Uh, uh if you've, I don't know if you've ever seen House of Cards, huh. but but there's uh, the main character has a, a particular row where it's it's water resistance, uh, and it's very it's very sleek and modern. Uh, it's quite I think it's it's a really beautiful machine, and so that's that's the one that I have. Nice. And you said you kind of nailed down your nutritional uh, side. Tell me about that. Everybody's always wondering what somebody else is doing. There's so many different methodologies these days. So what have you landed on? I, I mean, I, I won't say that I, I tripped into intermittent fasting um, as something that was that I had been doing for probably the better part of seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I was intending to, but just because that's what my work days were like. And I've never, I've never really been a breakfast person, mm-hmm. which I know 
I've been scolded by so many people for so long about breakfast and I'm just not going to hear it anymore. It's, you know, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I appreciate that. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I feel like it's, it's, what is it? Uh, president George HW Bush. He's like, I'm president of the United States. I don't have to eat broccoli anymore. <laughs> like I'm a 40 year old man. I'm just not going to be scolded that I haven't eaten breakfast regularly for the last 22 years. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, I, I've just tried to take a somewhat sensible approach around, we, we kind of know the nutritional pyramid. We know what what is good going into our body. We know what is bad going into our body. We know that there are certain things that um, from a moderation perspective are okay. But if you start loading up, you're making really stupid decisions. Um, as I think about like alcohol and things like that, making choices um, around like, consumptive behaviors and things like that. So yeah. well, I no, don't know. No scolding from here because I, I, I also, as a past athlete and through all that programming, I don't eat breakfast. And part of it was just that I, I just don't care. It's just so easy not to, I enjoy my coffee and uh, I enjoy not doing it. And I look forward to it. I exercise in the morning. And I look forward to lunch. So uh, I'm with you in that camp. Next one, family, friends, relationships. I know you're married. You've got kids. You've got, you know, as a, I know you're not a full-time pastor now, but congregation, you know, folks that you're with there, you've got uh, business. And so what are some of your healthy habits? And again, how have they, have they evolved and have you had to innovate for different reasons and different changes in what you do to keep those in a healthy place? Yeah, they're, they're, they're regularly innovating, but I think over seasons of time, I think, so one of the keystone habits that my wife and I have is between Christmas and New Year's. So that, that week between Christmas and New Year's, we're, we're both off work. And so we'll have, we'll just have like really healthy, evaluative conversations, hmm. um, thinking through five different buckets. Um, so our, our spiritual life, relational life, how we use our time, our physical bodies in our, in our relationships. Those are the, the, or excuse me, our finances. Those are the, the five things that we're kind of like evaluating and we're thinking through what are the rhythms and practices that we have around that both individually and as a family and where adjustments that we need to make. And so one of the things that we've done that, that has not changed um, over, you know, at least 15 years uh, of us being together and married is we we have a date night every single week. And now there, there, that, that's a, a grace filled practice. Like there are some weeks where that doesn't happen. And with the pandemic, that is not something that we've been able to do every single week, but by and large for 15 straight years, that's something that we have really prioritized. And so that is not something that like we've has changed a lot. That's just been something that's been locked into our calendar as something that we do. Yeah. Um, now, what we do at that time has changed based on what our levels, quite frankly, our levels of energy have been. Uh, when you have small children and then as those children grow, your levels of energy change as well as the things that we're interested in as we grow and evolve yeah. as, as people and as a couple. Okay. So what was the last date night? What'd you do? Uh, the last date night, we, <laughs> we tried... Well, we were we were trying to go to um, this really fun bowling alley, uh, and then we uh, it, it it apparently was just 
booked way too far in advance. And so we ended up just going out with a friend of ours uh, who was in town, um, who is in the process of moving to where we live, not in our house, but like in, right. in our area. And so uh, we, we just went out to a restaurant and we went out to a, um, there's a new exhibit at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. And so we went there, it's an exhibit called the Dirty South. That was the, the uh, collision of like the visual arts and the, uh, they call it the sonic arts that kind of emerged in the South in the last 50 years. Interesting. Okay. Good to hear. Uh, next one's mental. And, you know, this is, is one that it's interesting as of right now we're recording and I just happened to look, I just, I'm late to the game, just started watching the Olympics last night. Uh, uh, so I'm, ke- I'm playing catch up and we were watching gymnastics and whatever. And the big headlines today are, uh, um, Simone Biles. Yes. And mental health. And I don't even know the whole story. I just kind of saw that, but you know, looking at that, we're in a state right now where I know stats just came out. We're at a, I think an all time high of suicides and whatnot. And, and that, that is an arena that I honestly haven't paid enough attention to. I tend to look at, you know, this mental spoke what are the things I'm doing to keep myself mentally sharp and, and, uh, you know, a, a good, strong mental state, man, we're in some crisis mode over here. And it feels like it's an area that we haven't tended to well as a culture. So with all that said, what, uh, what's happening for you as you look at your own mental health and wellness? I'm sure there's more I can be doing. Um, but I will give two things that, well, maybe three things that I do and that we like our family does. Yeah. Uh, one is we're, we're pretty ruthless about keeping a, a, a family Sabbath. Hmm. Um, and so sometimes that can be 24 hours every once in a while, it's 36 hours. And it is, um, we are completely unplugged from devices and we're unplugged from work. And it, it again, it is worth pointing out that I run uh, a business and my wife runs a very large business. Um, and so we're not, like, th- those are things that we have fought for, but I think those are things that we have heavily prioritized where um, we are disconnected from these constant forces that are around us, either online mm-hmm. uh, as well as like just the demands of both being business runners, if you will. Um and we, the way that we really define that time is it's, it's 24 hours. It's a, it's a 24 hour day of play. And so if it is not, <clears throat> if it is not life-giving, we don't do it. And so that means like I, Kevin, I absolutely hate yard work. I hate it. Now I have friends who love it. Like they just love it. And I think it's just the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and so that doesn't give me an excuse not to do yard work. I just refuse to do it in that 24 hour period of time, because yeah. it's not life-giving for me. Whereas I've got friends who it's the most life-giving thing in the world, gardening or mowing the grass, weed eating, whatever. They'll do it on their, on the, on that 24 hours. I'm just not going to do it then. Um, but <laughs> what great. that 24 hours of time has looked like has dramatically changed as like when, when you have, when you have a two-year-old that looks really different. And then yeah. we have three kids and we called it when, when the, there was a time when all three were under the age of five, um, and we call that the Valley of the Shadow of Death because it was like this black <laughs> yeah. hole of like just sucking life and energy out. But we were still committed to it and thinking through what does a family Sabbath look like then? But now our kids are are 12, 10, almost eight. Hmm. And they're at this really sweet, incredibly fun age. And so 
what we do in that 24 hours looks wildly different than it did even two years ago. And so we're constantly adjusting for that. So that's one of the things that we do. I'm almost always reading a biography. Um, I, for whatever reason that I, I just, it, it puts me in this completely different headspace um, where I can dream, I can think, I'm not trying to solve a problem or I'm not trying to solve a narrative, which I think in sometimes in novels, I, I find like I'm racing through to figure out where's yeah. this plot going. Whereas with a biography, it's just, a, I find myself in a different headspace. Uh, the third thing is, and I, I have not been able to do exactly like this during the pandemic. I think I will be able to get back to it in the fall is there's a very specific coffee shop that I go to early on Monday mornings and I will plan out my week. Hmm. And that starts with a mind dump of everything that I feel like I need to do either from a business perspective or from a family to-do list perspective. And I just get it out of me. So from a mental place, I feel I never go into a week thinking I can't get everything done where I feel the most anxiety and mental fatigue is when I can't see it in yeah. front of me. Yeah. Just dumping it out of me has an outsized effect on my productivity. Well, we are kindred spirits, not only in that, but I hate yard work as well. I hate it. Man, I invite you to move out here. I live in a national forest and you just don't have to do it, man. It's just kind of wild land, you know, the, the, the forest. And we, I got out of it after being in Tennessee where it was mowing four acres and whatnot. And it's one of the greatest things of my life. Uh, name a biography or two that you've enjoyed recently. I've got, I literally have one right here. It's called Endurance. Yeah. Um, it is the biography of, I don't know if you've heard of Ernest Shackleton. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So he, he, it was, he was trying to get to the, the, uh, the South pole. I think it was, he left in around like 1916. Um, and his, um, they, they were probably 50 miles away from the South pole and his, his ship, which was wooden got caught between two ice flats and then they grew together and it sunk the ship. Wow. And he's out, he's, he's on an, what is essentially like a sheet of ice. They're not on land and it's, how do you get home? And how do you not lose a single person along the way? And everyone survived. And it, I mean, it's a harrowing journey and it was, it was incredible. It, like one of my favorite books of the last five years. Okay. I wrote it down. I will order it following this show. Next is finances. Tell me about the financial area of your life. I think we made a decision uh, a couple a couple of years ago. As I mean, this is a, this is a place of privilege for us to be in, where our our income as a family was going up, uh, and we we made a decision that we were not going to change our level of spending mm. as it related to our finances. And so some of it was, hey, there's a percentage that we put aside into savings. Um, there's a percentage that we put aside into charitable giving, both from like what, what we give to our local church, as well as what we choose to give to other organizations that we, we care passionately about. Um, and then there's some there's some money where we're thinking about business opportunities that we want to invest in. Yeah. And I think that's the one that we're really uh, thinking through right now is we've, we do have some money set aside to really think through about what are some long-term investments we can make to create what we think is going to be like a diversified portfolio of investments. Yeah. 
um, that is both like very like a, a diversified portfolio as you think about the market, but then like investments in cryptocurrency as well as investments in long-term like business opportunities. Nice. And so like I, I was meeting with our financial advisor um, to look at some like tax sheltering ideas tomorrow. And I, I actually just got an email a few minutes ago before our thing that was, we got to reschedule that. So we got to reschedule. No, it's good to so hear that. It is because everybody's out there looking at what they do. You know, real estate is always people are talking about, you know, real estate yep. or am I going to invest in the stock market? And I think that we probably, you know, under that, as far as the general populace, they don't think about businesses outside of, you know, big corporate stocks and bonds, whatever out there, they don't think about the smaller businesses. I love, that's my, you know, of course, area of interest and exposure. So uh, no, it's cool to hear. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and this episode with Doug Paul. Next, I ask him about his spiritual habits and this is where he shares his perspective on peacetime and wartime habits. So spiritual is the next spoke here. Tell me how, what you're doing there and if that's evolved and why. Uh, that one's, that one's always evolving because, you know, so, so as a, as a former full-time pastor, one of the things that we, we talked about in our church a lot was peacetime rhythms and wartime rhythms. Hmm. And I think most people, when they think about their spiritual practices and the, the, things that they're developing, they're developing rhythms for when life is going like it, like the perfect version of it, like where everyone's healthy. No one's getting up in the, in the middle of the night. I sleep well, my alarm goes off. I actually get up. Everything is working exactly as it should be in my schedule. And we develop these peacetime rhythms. Um, and so I've got, I do have these rhythms in my life where I've got 75 minutes. And I know it's like this choreographed thing that I've done for a long time that really helps me connect with the Lord and sets me in a particular direction for the day. But I, I'm going to say like that only happens 20% of the time where I even have the, the available space for that mm -hmm. thing to happen. And so what we've, we've had to develop is like, look, when, when life feels like it is crumbling around us, do I have a five minute or 10 minute practice that at, at the baseline, I know I can do that because I don't care how crazy your life is. You have 10 minutes. Yeah. And so what am I going to do where I can, it's not an all in or all out thing, which I feel like is what most people do as spiritual practices. I either do the best version of my practice or I do nothing. It's all in or all out. And so I think one of the things that we've really thought through is what does it look like to have 10 minutes um, and not to say like, that's what I want, but like at the worst case scenario, there's a 10 minute version of something that I do. And so we've developed that. And then I've got that fully orbed thing that I do. And then recently we've been inviting um, every time our kid turns 10, we, we we've got some things that we do with them for a full year as we're kind of onlining them into what does it look like to have a life full of spiritual practice as well. Matt, I really like your 10 minute window perspective. I have a friend, Aaron McHugh, who 
talks about that from a physical standpoint, trying to be well. He says, what does a pro do? He said, pro's going to always do something. And it was, he had kind of a goal he was working for and realized amongst travel, there were so often times when he can't go do an hour workout. He can't even do 30 minutes. And he you know, had this night when he was late, it was raining and he was just going to bag it. And instead he says, no, I'm going to be a pro. And he went out and did one mile. He ran a mile in the rain, came back, and at least he had something he could check down, even just for his mental state of saying, I invested in that. So I appreciate you saying that because yeah, the spiritual one is one that I think is often, well, almost always not the most urgent thing screaming at us, you know, in yeah. our lives. The next one's career. So, uh, you know, what have you done? You talked about former pastor, business owner. Now, what are some of the habits that you're doing and evolving with to keep your career where you want it? That's a good question. Uh, what am I doing right now to keep my career where I want? To? So one of the, one of the things that, that I do, um, and that we, we actually do this in our, in our, I do it for me personally, but then I also do it for like our, the business that we're, we're leading um, is, so, is a tool that we use called uh, the one, four, one, four. And I'm going to, it's essentially like saying, Hey, what, what is your life? And we'll say for career, like, what does your career life look like 10 years from now? Hmm. And then if it's going to be that in 10 years, and that can be broad and we should have that with pretty open hands, but it's sort of serving as a North star, what are what are four different things that need to happen? This is like the next rung down in three years that are going to be pretty pretty well defined. And so, like one of them, um, like I'm just looking over to my like my, my wall where I've got this over here um, is that our like within within three years we're going to have our core team established. Now that has already happened, so we've actually got we can kind of check that one off. But like. For me to live out like what it is that I felt like was the 10-year vision, I was going to have to have a core team of five to seven that we'd establish for the level of business that we were trying to run. And then it's you go down one the next rung and it's saying, okay, in one year, what is the most important win that I have to get done? Like if I'm going to judge success or failure by one thing, what is it going to be? And it's, it's, it's a defining goal that's going to serve as sort of like an atomic goal for everything else. Cause it's going to touch so many different things. It's going to have an outsized effect on my vocational life. And then the last piece of it is what are four goals that have to happen in the next 90 days in order for me to move towards that one year goal. And every 90 days I'm recycling those, those 90, those 90 day goals. Okay. That's an interesting one. I have not heard that. Where did that structure come from? Is that a resource? That you yeah. It's from? a, there was a, there was a guy that I worked with. His name is Will Mancini and he developed it. He, he took a version of something um, from Patterson's life center planning Yeah, um, and he adapted it and it's, it's something that they've developed. And so it's something that we use in our, in our business. And it's something that I use for my, myself personally in my personal yeah. life. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware of Patterson. Excellent. Well, uh, actually another Patterson fan is Donald Miller. So our yeah. listeners will, yeah. will know Donald. That's where his life plan aspect came from. Um, well, the last one is personal and uh, always of interest to me. And this is that you mentioned before you get a 
24 hour Sabbath and your focus is fun. That's really what we're looking at here. Personal. What do you do for you, for Doug, for fun, for play, for uh, hobby, for self care, whatever, what falls in that basket? Uh, I really love sports. Um, and as, as my available time has drifted down because of mainly because of family and then also because of just like vocational stuff, like it's centered mainly around the NBA. I still watch okay. football as well, but it's mainly around the NBA. So I do a lot of, um, I, I watch a lot of the NBA, but then I really love there are three or four podcasts that I listen to that are regularly just talking about things in the NBA. And then I also do that for um, pop culture. So specifically around movies and television um, podcasts have become like a really, uh, I just, I, th that's been a place for me to disconnect from where my mind normally goes, which is around business and <laughs> just business. And I, I think that's been, that's been really fun for me. Uh, everyone I, I've, I've tended to find that people use their slate of podcasts differently and so for me, podcasts have been a place where it's about recreation and fun. Hmm. Interesting. So the Olympics are happening right now. You got any sports on tap that you're looking for? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care about the Olympics at all. All right. I wish I did, but I've, my, my running theory is that the world cup has replaced, um, at a, on a global perspective, what the Olympics were in like 1984. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, Thank you. You gave me a bunch of notes. I got some books to read. I've got some, <laughs> I've got some, uh, some programs to check out the one, four, one, four, uh, really good. And thanks for taking the time with us again for the behind the scenes, uh, look at your habits and, uh, and how you're innovating them as well. It's inspiring. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, sure thing. Just what a great charge for us all to not only develop our best case habit scenario, but also our worst case. Again, you can find Doug Paul at DougPaul.org and check out his book, Ready or Not, Kingdom Innovation for a Brave New World. Innovation, that was our focus in our first show together. That was episode 917 of The Ziggler Show. Coming up in episode 920, I'll be joined by Tom Ziegler for one of our Q&A sessions where we respond to listener comments on what's happening in the real world regarding business and personal development pursuits. I invite you to join these discussions. Just find me on Facebook at Agent K, as in Kevin, Agent K Miller. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together 